And welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of the Comic Multiverse Special Makeup We're Sorry Edition. Because <laughs> <laughs> Joe fucked up. I, well, I, I don't blame myself for it. I blame a uh, friggin' whatchamacallit, MP3 Skype recorder, because you had problems, too, with it, so it wasn't just me. True, true. And I tried to use, like, a bunch of my other recording programs, and they wouldn't work. And Yeah, a, a, yeah. Bunch, a bunch of really nice fans were saying, hey, Joel, you should try OBS. So, yeah, I'm trying Open Source Broadcaster right now. Matt is recording with his version of MP3 Skype Recorder. So, by God, one way or another, the, you're going to get a friggin' <laughs> show is what you're going to get. <laughs> well, uh, worst case scenario, they both don't record and, you know, and then just which, talking to ourselves. <laughs> we're just talking to ourselves, in which case Matt and I will flip tables and be furious if that's the case. <laughs> Uh, now I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm going to call this episode like 7.5 The Makeup Show. <laughs> yeah, I figured it'd be a .5 episode. Yeah, because because uh, it's not going to be a full show. Although we do have some interesting stuff to talk about. Obviously, I promised in uh in the opening to the episode that wasn't we'd be talking about our initial thoughts for Daredevil season two. You've seen all of it, Matt, and it's only Saturday. Yep, I stayed up. The good thing about it, when, when it came out here, it came out here on a Friday yeah. at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That's lucky. So I could just like sit down like for pretty much the whole night. I think I stayed up to like 2 o'clock watching it. And then I didn't finish it that night, and then I got up the next morning and finished the last two or three episodes I had. It, uh, God it, damn, it was awesome. Yeah, it, it was 3 a.m. for me, and I was actually laying in bed at 3 a.m. going, you know what, I could probably get up and watch the first episode. No, no, I'll, I'll get up at early at 9 and did it, which I did. Currently, as I record this, now I've watched uh, five and a half episodes nice. is what I've watched. So I finished the first big arc, and that's really the first thing that sticks out to me about the show is it's very arc-based now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like the first, I think, yeah, three or four episodes are like, primarily punisher based mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it sort of splits off into the electra stuff and then for the last couple of episodes they come back together like they fuse both arcs together much like a comic book yeah much like a comic book much with its like, tie-ins yeah totally 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 but you know that that's not all we're here to talk about uh C2E2 was this week, and because of that, Marvel has shown off a bunch of really interesting new uh, n- new books and new revelations and stuff that's going to be coming out. So I figured, you know what, let's strike while the iron is hot, because I'm probably going to put this out like a day early anyway, so we might as well talk about it, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool watching, well, like, while I was watching Daredevil, I had like Twitter open on Same. a bunch of like C2E2 accounts, getting all the news as it was coming in, and some pretty cool stuff was coming in. Uh, one that I'm sure you're going to be super excited about is obviously, you know, there was the Poe Dameron comic, but there was also another Star Wars comic that they announced. Uh... Yeah, it was a Rogue One uh, event comic. Yeah, yeah. A three-part series in i think october very interesting i did not see that coming they're really marvel disney are really using the comics to their uh to their fullest effect aren't they yeah they are and they're so far they've all been pretty damn good now is this an event called rogue one or will this actually tie into the events of rogue one the movie when it comes out i think it'll i think it'll be similar to uh shattered empire right how it'll take place either before or just after the events and sort of just allude to them and not obviously spoil the movie that comes out two months later. Right, kind of be like a how we got here type thing. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, We got some more news on the Blade comic. Yes, that new Blade comic starring Blade's daughter. Uh, Apparently got a new artist, which means it's that much closer to actually coming out and actually being a real thing now. 
Oh, nice. I thought that one sort of like just disappeared after people kind of got mad at it for some reason. A, a, a couple did seem to disappear. Of course, I'm super excited for that one because it's Tim Seeley writing it. And, you know, as Tim Seeley said, look, I drew, ha I did Hack Slash for years, which was another horror action comic starring a young woman. So really, if I can't do this, I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, which was nice and funny. Uh, also, hey, something new from Marvel, something they haven't done in a bit, an original graphic no novel starring Squirrel Girl, of all people. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, in the grand tradition of Punisher kills the Marvel Universe and Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, we have the unbeatable Squirrel Girl beats up the Marvel Universe. <laughs> awesome. I like they make the distinction there. No, 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 she just beats up the Marvel Universe. She doesn't, she, she doesn't kill, we promise. Because <laughs> that's she embarrasses them, <laughs> embarrasses the crap out of them. Because that's the big on-running joke in her book, from what I understand, that she goes up against these omega-level threats like Doctor Doom and Galactus, but ends up beating them anyway. Yeah, yeah, she's like beating Thanos when he's had the Infinity Gauntlet and everything. It's just crazy because you never expect someone like Squirrel Girl to do anything. Just by being a weird, underestimated wild card, she pulls out victories time and time again. <laughs> <laughs> against <Yeah. laughs> foes that are way stronger than her. Oh, speaking of more comedy takes, I'm sure you saw it, and I don't think we had a chance to talk about it, uh, the uh, kind of promotion art for a new Loki book they're going to be doing. Yeah, I did see that. That looks pretty cool. Loki running for office. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. Which, of course, is like, hey, did you know Trump is a thing right now? We're not, <laughs> we're not saying Trump is a god of mischief. We're just saying, you know, he might be an evil Norse god in disguise. <laughs> Like if tomorrow if Donald Trump pulled off his fakes and was like, ah, I was actually a troll from Nefelheim all along, he'd be like, yep, knew it. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, eh, it doesn't surprise doesn't me. doesn't surprise me at all. He was a troll. He, he wanted to grind, grind up bones uh, to make his bread. That's, that's what was going on there. <laughs> uh, Black Panther, interestingly enough, that new book that I think we're both really uh, excited for, actually topped advanced order lists all over the place. Yeah, it's got like something like three hundred thousand sales or something. Yeah, already. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. That is cool. That's really cool. Uh, some other interesting stuff to come out of C two E two is we got a little bit more information on that uh, Spider Man uh, un undeath event or revival or whatever the heck it was called event that they seem to be working up to. Everyone's like, well, who are they going to bring back from the dead? Is it Peter's parents? Is it Uncle Ben? Is it George Stacy? Apparently, they seem to be bringing them all back. By the looks of it, it seems like everyone who's ever died in <laughs> Spider-Man might be coming back now. Uh, oh, does that mean Duck Ock's coming back? Oh, well, I mean, his body, maybe. His mind was still alive. Yeah, uh, yeah, they'll probably just, like, revert back to, you know, normal Duck Ock. Yeah, I guess, I guess you don't read much Spider-Man, do you, Matt? No, I don't. A any particular reason for that? Is there anything that would make you want to start reading Spider-Man regularly? Oh, well, I, I read it during uh, The Superior Spider-Man, but just like since then, since that ended, I haven't really picked it up, and it just seems something that, it's, it seems to me similar to like how DC do the Green Lantern, where like everything is in continuity, right? and yeah, it just seems like a lot to take in. And it's been the same guy writing it for like almost 10 years now, so you feel like, oh, do I gotta go back? Yeah, yeah. Do I gotta go back to make sure I understand everything? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, another interesting thing is we got more promotional art showing off the different sides for Civil War now. We finally have the team makeups and what they're all about. Yeah, it seem pretty interesting choices in who's taking whose side. Yeah, they've even broken it down to change the future and protect the future. 
Yeah. Which on the protect the future side is, of course, led up by Iron Man in, you know, a almost complete ideological swerve from where he was in the original Civil War, where he was the guy invading personal liberties. Now he's the guy protecting personal liberties. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because he's got, like, Captain America on there. He's got Sam Wilson on there. He's got Thor, mm-hmm. Daredevil. Um, Daredevil on his uh, team, which is funny because Daredevil was one of the first people he arrested back during the original uh, Civil War. Yep. Now to see Matt on his team. Uh, America Chavez, uh, that's Miss America. Luke Cage, uh, the new Amadeus Cho Hulk and Black Widow. Oh, and Star-Lord, yep. too. So, hey, get got some Guardians on there. Yeah, yeah, and then... Uh, on Captain Marvel's side, she has Steve Rogers' Captain America. Yeah, so the two Captain Americas are on two different sides. This is interesting. We're kind of seeing the seeds being planted for this in standoff right now, how Sam and Steve aren't on the same page anymore. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Bucky's with him in that as well. So, uh, again, planting the seeds. So, so they're bros, yet interestingly enough, War Machine, maybe it's Rhodey, maybe it's that new War Machine they seem to be building up with, but they're on Captain Marvel's team. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Same with Spider-Man as well. Yeah, Spider-Man, who of course was a famous turncoat in the original Civil War. You have to wonder, will he turncoat here too? Yeah, well, I, I don't think Tony really likes Peter at the moment because Peter's right. sort of like stepping on his game in the industrial business. Right, because he's a big CEO. Now, now if I was Carol Danvers, I'd be like, yeah, no, Spider-Man, I don't, I don't want you on my team because you famously betrayed the last team you were on in the last Civil War, <laughs> and that was kind of the end of everything. So, yeah, no, we, we, don't, we don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> She-Hulk is on her team too, which is funny because She-Hulk was on Iron Man's team during the last Civil War. So it's like, man, She-Hulk, you're really against civil liberties, aren't you? Which is funny for a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing that like Iron Man has Daredevil and Captain Marvel has She-Hulk, and they're going to have that. They're going to be the lawyers of the team. <laughs> they're going to have lawyer fight. They're just going to hit each other with subpoenas over and over again. They're not. <laughs> they're not actually going to throw a punch. <laughs> Uh, who else interesting is on her team? Oh, she's got Medusa, which I mean, assumedly she has the whole Inhuman in back uh, backing behind her. Yeah, which makes me think maybe Iron Man has the mutants, maybe. Right. Well, actually, we don't see any mutants here, do we? We don't see any mutants. Yeah, on yeah, any that's the side. thing. Yeah, and the, yeah. and the mutants famously sat out the Civil War for the most part because everyone went to them for help, and the mutants were like, "No, fuck off." Yeah. Well, I don't know why aren't they? Um, don't they have their own Civil War happening? Right. Like they, something's going on during the same time. That's right. They seem to be building up the fact in the tie-ins that the mutants and the Inhumans are going to fight each other. So, yeah, you're right. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. That they fight like a proxy war through them. Also, uh, f- uh, friggin' whatchamacallit, uh, Ant-Man is on Team Captain Marvel and uh, Team let's, you know, let's, let's actually try and stop crimes before they happen. That's weird for an ex-criminal, don't you think, to be like, yeah, let's stop crimes before they happen? <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe he's trying to change his way and make sure there's no other Scott Langs get made or something. I guess, I guess. He doesn't want anyone else stealing his thunder and being a better Ant-Man than him. Yep. And, and also Hawkeye, which I guess makes sense as an assassin, as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and everything else. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And Vision, too, you know, cold, calculating uh, robot man. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense for him to be on that team. It does, yeah. It's kind of sad we have Hercules front and center here on this other team, and Hercules' book is already canceled. Now I'm sad. I know, I know. Hercules was so good and gone too soon, but you knew it was going to be. You're like, man, this has cult book written all over it. It did. It did. Right, so uh, 
what, I, I feel like I'm missing other news from C2E2. Uh, I, I, I had it up, but now I can't get it anymore. Uh, what, what do you remember that uh, that caught your eye, Matt? I'm doing a lot of talking. Um, I remember that DC didn't bother to show up. Yeah. Uh, even though they're literally a month away from Rebirth. <laughs> uh, so pe- people got really mad. Yeah, pe- people got really mad, and they ended up setting up their own uh, DC sort of I think it was like a brunch or something uh, where distributors and retailers could come mm-hmm. and just like talk about it and everything since DC wasn't willing to talk about it. Of course. It's, yeah, I, I find kind of like a bit rude. You know, these are the people that sell your books. You, you know, you've got to actually come and sell it to them. I, I mean, like, like why I, you should pick it up and everything. At best, it's rude. And at worst, it's a little frightening where it's like, do, do, you, do you guys not have anything yet? Yeah, that's the the other thing. Yeah, they like scrambling to get something ready for WonderCon next week. We're we're still working on it. <laughs> we don't we don't know. We're still working on it. <laughs> um. Uh, well, actually, you know, I I mean, I guess there was a little bit of uh, uh, Dead No More was the Spider Man event. That's that's what I just saw. Oh, okay, it was Dead No More, and we actually did get a little bit of uh, DC related news, and that is uh, Steve Orlando, the writer of Midnighter, and a couple other writers and artists. They actually managed to sign to exclusive contracts. Oh, nice! Oh, so we'll see plenty more from Steve Orlando in the future. I'm glad they uh, they scooped him up when they did. It's sad Midnighter looks to be going away, but that certainly wasn't his fault, and he's a cool writer. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm interested to see what he's going to do next. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on a big book next. Honestly. Yeah, what what kind of book do you think they'll put him on? I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on something Bat Family related because he's in real good with those Bat Family of writers, and he's one of the dudes writing Batman and Robin Eternal right now. Yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. I, I I could see them putting him on a Cassandra Kane Batgirl series written by him, or a new Azriel series. Nice, nice. I could I could see either one of those, and I would like those quite a lot. Cool. I could see him. I know there's a Society book coming, like a Justice Society book. Mm-hmm. We'd see him on that maybe, or like maybe a Trinity book or something. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about DC Rebirth. I'm talking about all these like you know down the road picks and everything. When already they're just kind of pulling it back to the meat and potatoes, uh, bare bones, basic. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, maybe he could be the writer of Nightwing. I could see that happen. Yeah, for for like five issues until Dan Didio finds out yeah, about really. it. Yeah, really. I mean, he, he he writes a mean dick, all things considered. <laughs> And I'm not just saying that because he's an openly gay man. That that has nothing to do with his ability to write dick really well. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we love you, Steve. You're a cool guy. I'd, I'd actually like to interview you at some point, which I think he would because I know when I talked about Midnighter back when it was just the uh, like the little preview image, he actually uh, wrote me a tweet and said, thank you for doing that. And I'm like, you're welcome. Is is the book doing that bad that you're thanking me? <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he's a pretty cool guy. I see him on Twitter every now and then. Yeah, most uh, most definitely. Uh, th- there are some other stuff, like some more stories that are going on. Uh, Spider-Gwen is going to be getting an annual Big Shock, I know. Yeah, Big Oh, didn't see that coming. Uh, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money apparently did so well in its first two issues, it's going to become an ongoing series now. <laughs> and I wasn't even nuts about it. I read the first issue, and I'm like, this this feels just like more stuff that should be going on in the main Deadpool book. There's no There's no difference here. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's mainly because it, it, of the timing the book came out. It came out Absolutely. just before the movie mm-hmm. and everything. So, like, Deadpool hype was, you know, at an all-time high. 
Yeah, I mean, totally. And the and like the guys in the Mercs for Money, they're cool, they're interesting enough, but I, I wouldn't read a whole book about them. <laughs> I mean, they're they're fun in small doses, you know, Fool Killer and Terror and Slapstick and all those other guys. Yeah. They're fun, but I wouldn't read a book about them. Uh, Gwenpool is uh, getting a thing now, which I, I love the subtitle they have for Gwenpool's series. Did you, did you see what that was called? I didn't know. The Unbelievable Gwenpool. <laughs> which, again, I'm glad that they just know that her existence is a joke and they're running with it. Which it's, almost, it it's almost like what you say, like, hey, Gwenpool got a book. That's unbelievable. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's it, pretty cool. It sure is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Gwenpool seems like the book where it's like, I'll read the first issue and be like, that's okay. Uh. <laughs> now I don't feel the need to read much more. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that, that's a lot of the stuff from C2E2. We're, we're doing this on Saturday, so I wouldn't be surprised if more news trickles out through the next couple days. Yeah, we'll probably get some more news. And like you said, WonderCon's not long after, so... No, I think it's like next weekend. I think it is too. Any, uh, I, I was uh, invited by some other people to go to WonderCon, but I told them I, I can't go because, you know, ankle bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, ankle bracelet, you know, can, can't leave the country, parole, all that other stuff. <laughs> I'm joking, people. I couldn't get my passport in time and I don't have enough money to travel. But if you're in the greater GTA area, that's the greater Toronto area, and you're at the Oshawa Comic Con in April, uh, April 2nd, I'll probably stop by there at some point. <laughs> Awesome. I had no idea that they ran so many uh, cons, you know, in, in my area, more or less. I'm trying to get in good with the people running that con to be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a somewhat well-known comic book dude. Can, can I come to these, please? <laughs> I, I, I really love to make it, but I also really don't want to pay for a ticket. So, you know. I'm just lucky, like, the tickets here for, like, our comic cons aren't really too expensive. And you can, like, usually, like, pick up, like, a ticket and, like, a really cool, like, comic t-shirt or something in like a deal like 20 bucks or something that, that's super lucky because here it's like upwards of 50 to 60 bucks just for damn. a ticket damn i know right is that like is that like a is that like a three-day ticket or like a day ticket no it's like a day ticket now granted these oh, are wow. at like the biggest cons of the mall and the oshawa comic con is going to be a little smaller so i don't exactly know their pricing it's a oh, okay. it, it, it's a mid-sized con. It's not like a huge thing in like a in like a sports arena. It's more like in a like a community center. <laughs> but a bigger community center. It's not it's not like the church basement Comic-Con, which I mean, I've been to a couple of those too. <laughs> go on, go on down to the church basement. Nothing bad ever happens in the church basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I went there. <laughs> <laughs> I I went there, drove my car and drove back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah I, I guess with that out of the way unless you have anything else you wanted to mention I guess we can talk about uh, our initial thoughts on Daredevil yeah let's get into it uh, I'll, I'll say this right now this conversation will be spoiler free I imagine Matt will have a review video coming out I will have a review video coming out in the near future and then we'll get together at some point in the future and instead of doing what comics we read this week we'll just do a full on spoiler cast for Daredevil this is this is the initial thoughts non-spoiler cast so if you li you're like me and you haven't finished the show yet you can still listen and enjoy yeah I'll try not to spoil anything Yes, Mr. M M Mr. Seen the whole show. W what kind of pussy, you know, doesn't have enough time to have, you know, 13 hours to watch TV? 
sometimes more because this is Netflix and they play by their own rules, and sometimes it's not, you know, uh, a, a simple hour or two hours. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess because, you know, you're the guest, man, because you've seen the whole thing. I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty damn awesome. And as we said before, uh, the, the season is sort of broken up into arcs. Is the first first arc, which I'm sure Joel's just finished, yes, I is Punisher based, and yeah. I gotta say, John Bernthal is a Punisher man from from the that, second from the second he steps out and he's in the show very early, and that's not a spoiler. He he commands the screen. He is a commanding presence. Yeah, and I think my favorite scene with him so far um, in Daredevil has been the scene. I think it was in episode three or four where they're on the rooftop. Mm-hmm, that was three and. Yeah, and they're just and it's him and Daredevil talking about like their morals mm-hmm. and like why the Punisher does what he does. And there's a scene later on in the series which I won't spoil in the graveyard, which is absolutely amazing. If that John Bernthal doesn't four. win any, oh, was it? That was at the end of episode four. I thought yeah. it was like episode five or something. Uh, um, at the end of episode four. Yeah, if he doesn't win like like awards for that, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's that is his Oscar clip moment right there. And when I sat there watching it, I'm like, yep, this is this is this is his award reel. This is what this one's for. <laughs> yep. And and, it was he, and he's he, he's just given her in that scene. He he absolutely is. And you know, it it made me sad too because by and large, you know, the Academy Awards and the Emmy, Emmys and everything, they don't give a shit about Netflix. They're like, it's not on regular TV. Fuck it then. Yeah, which is a real shame because you like look at like. All the Netflix stuff like this, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Beast you know, of No Nation. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely I, th- I think amazing. TV does better than movies, but even still, there is kind of this, you know, a gated community thing going on with Netflix where it's like, you're not on traditional TV. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of a shame. It is, because, you know, I mean, it's getting to the point now where, you know, Netflix has become like the new HBO for actors turning in crazy good performances. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that roof scene that you were talking about, I'm sure everyone's already mentioned it because it was all over the trailers. That is legit taken from uh, a Marvel Knights Garth Ennis comic. Yeah, it was amazing. I didn't think they would do it, and then I, I like saw it, and I'm like, oh my god, how awesome is that? They actually did it. Now, they changed the outcome quite a bit because that scene took place in a Punisher comic, so of course the Punisher was ultimately right. This is a Daredevil show, so they change it to where Daredevil kind of <laughs> wins, and Daredevil is more ultimately right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess you have to do that, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, they they have to do stuff like that. I, yeah. uh, I I I like the naming. They dropped a lot of names that I liked. Uh, an Irish guy. We never hear his last name, but his name is Finn. And I'm like, ah, you're Finn Cooley, aren't you? And then uh, another guy named Nesbit. And I'm like, ah, so you're another reference to Kitchen Irish. And then they say Kitchen Irish later on. Yeah, yeah. I I heard that. And I'm like, oh my god, they're doing it. They actually, they're, they're doing it. Yeah, they actually dropped the name of it. I I like they pulled in some Punisher characters, and I could complain to be like, you know, oh well, this Finn Cooley wasn't like how he was in the comics, and I'm like, he's a Punisher villain. All Punisher villains die at the end of the arc. So why does it, matter? <laughs> it yeah, it does not matter either way. He's getting a shotgun to the face. It's not like he's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he's coming back at all. I, I like they gave the Punisher a dog like he had for a little bit in like the war journal years. Yeah, no, people were like saying like, oh, what's the dog's name? What's the dog's name? I, I, I called the dog Mob Dog. Mob Dog. It's Max. His, the dog's name is Max, which is kind of a yeah. funny reference that that's what he names him. And also that Max is like the best Punisher series of all time, Punisher Max. Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. 
plus, I mean, you know, in just in writing terms, that's a good shorthand to be like, oh, he can't be a total asshole. Look, he, he has a doggy. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't kill the mob's dog. He must be good. He must be good. He saved a dog from a fighting ring. See, he, he, he's got a heart. He's all right. He's all right. Also, I, I think the scene, because like, everyone was talking about it when it happened, uh, when he goes to the pawnbroker to buy the, the radios and oh, like, yeah, take yeah, his yeah. gun and everything, that, that, that scene there was absolutely amazing. I was like, oh, you shouldn't have said anything, that pawnbroker. Yeah, I, I, I was reminded of that scene in The Crow, of course, because it's like, oh, wow, this is literally the scene from The Crow. <laughs> Just a little different. Man, uh, pawnbrokers get it bad in fiction, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they always get fucked over. Damn it, uh, pawnbrokers. Stop being so uh, so scummy. Stop, stop being like Chumley and getting busted with meth and guns. <laughs> did, you, did you read that in the news just recently? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I'm not surprised at all by that. Uh, he he, he should have gotten his, his crack expert to have a look at it first <laughs> it's like mm, i see you're trying to sell me some crack rocks well well i know a guy he'll come in and look at them <laughs> it's just some gangly crackhead oh there's some good crack rocks you got there mm, it, oh, no, it, it's tyrone biggums from Chappelle show who comes in to look at the crack he's the crack expert <laughs> uh mm, peanut butter and crack sandwich <laughs> man we're writing a great parody right here just you know we'll come back to daredevil in a second but just because we've totally gone off on a tangent there did you see hulk hogan won his uh lawsuit against gawker i know he won 115 million dollars yeah for for his sex tape and everything and gawker is like no we're still not going to take it off <laughs> yeah and, and the amazing thing is that like they have to pay him this money and that money could actually wipe out gawker oh yeah, oh, yeah. i mean they, they, they're not a so, rich side or anything for the love of god please <laughs> i mean hey it's win-win Although it's it's hilarious, the second people heard Hulk Hogan won, uh, Twitter was filled with some of the most amazing jokes I've ever seen. Where it's like, oh yeah, sure, uh, Hulk Hogan won this first match against Gawker, but they're going to have a rematch at SummerSlam, though, and Gawker will probably go over. <laughs> <laughs> or being like, man, uh, you, hear, uh, you hear Hulk Hogan won $115 million. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, but he's going to have to climb a ladder to get it from the case while three other dudes <laughs> beat on him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my thing to that is is like oh sure he won 150 million dollars but you know he's gonna have to get by uh mark henry and uh was in the new day and mark lashley and all these other black wrestlers to get it i, I think that's what he should have to do to get that money <laughs> you just have to fight a bunch of people come on make it into an angle you, you know you would matt doesn't watch wrestling but matt would be like nah I, i'd watch that i'd watch racist hulk hogan versus a bunch of black people <laughs> I, I probably would. I probably would. It'd be something to see. It'd... We'll make it a tables, ladders, and chairs match. <laughs> <laughs> Just Hulk being like, I'm in the wrong neighborhood, brother. <laughs> this ain't good, brother. <laughs> God, it's it's so easy to make fun of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but yeah, uh, back to Daredevil. Uh, here's the thing I noticed, and again, maybe they change this down the line, but in the first couple episodes I've seen, does it seem like they're playing down his superpowers? Like, he used his hearing abilities, but I haven't seen him use his radar sense, like, once. He he does use, like, those abilities a little bit more, especially when he versus the hand. Right, since It's not a spoiler, because when he fights the hands, he can't actually hear or see them because of their fucking ninjas. Because they're ninja. <laughs> like, he has to, like, listen for their weapons moving. Nice. So, yeah, he uses, like, 
there, there's also an alarm where it becomes sort of like a heist movie, cool. uh, which I won't spoil. But yeah, he uses different versions of his powers to do everything. But I got to say that the scene that I really like was after the first episode, after his first encounter with the Punisher, he goes deaf. Yeah, yeah, he does. And just like that's like Matt Murdock's worst version of hell, the ability not to hear. Yeah, and he's like full panicking and everything. I mean, that would you? be like, that, yeah, that would be like horrific because like he can't see, he can't hear, all his other senses are gone. It would be like truly being blind for the first time in your life. Yeah, he's like trapped in his own body. Yeah, that's that's some scary shit for sure. Yeah, and I, they did it really well as well. They did, they did. Charlie, Charlie Cox acted his ass off in that scene. Yeah. Uh, the, the supporting characters got a lot of play uh, this season, too, that I've seen so far. Karen's kind of going out on her own and doing the whole detective thing, being a lot more than just the girlfriend's secretary. Yeah, she's becoming sort of like a another lawyer and, like, investigative reporter. Heck, she's kind of becoming, like, this season's Yurik, because obviously we don't have Yurik anymore, and I kept waiting for them to give, like, a Yurik replacement, but that that kind of became well, Karen. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you'll see that a little bit later on in the season. Oh, nice, nice. Maybe my theory about Phil Yurik will be true, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not, but, like, it's kind of close. Ooh, it's close, I like that, I like that. But also, Foggy in this is amazing. Yeah, Foggy actually using his lawyering skills for good and proven. Like, yeah, I don't always need Matt by my side. I can talk down these bikers. I can kind of go out on my own and handle myself, much like Comic Foggy. Yeah, and it, it was really interesting, though, because like, I've seen on Twitter like people saying they hate Foggy's character, and I'm like, how do you hate Foggy's character? He's, he's playing the, he's playing Foggy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's that guy in the comics. He wants to be brave. He wants to do good. It's just hard for him sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> It's even harder because his friend is like blind and goes out and beats up criminals, so mm -hmm. it makes him look a little bit worse as well. Maybe I just see a lot of myself in Foggy. Maybe I see myself as the schlubby best friend in many relationships. Everyone sees themselves as that. Here's the thing. You might want to be Matt Murdock. You might want to be Daredevil, but in real life, we're all just Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> Foggy is the ultimate everyman point of view character having to deal with all this crazy bullshit, but you know what? It's because of that, when he does step up and he does do something heroic, you feel good because a win for Foggy is a win for all of us. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, again, I only watched the first episode with Electra so far, and I gotta say, she's uh, she's a lot different than her comic counterpart. Yeah, I'm not really too familiar with Electra. She's a, she's a lot more silent and a lot more stoic and a lot more warrior woman-y. Here they really play up the idle, rich, spoiled daughter thing to the nth degree. Yeah, well, I, I I see what you mean now, and I know that that sort of goes away near the end as well, since what? we since there's like a bunch of episodes about like her origin as well. Oh, that's good. Like her her childhood and everything. That's uh, that's and, definitely. Uh, I I guess it's much like Matt in the first season. She's still becoming the Electra that we know. Yeah, yeah, pretty really much, and I I I don't know. I think that it's in the third episode, but there, there's some great scenes where Matt goes to see. Uh, Melvin. Oh yeah, the and, gladiator. Oh, God, God damn, Melvin is such a good character. Yeah, he he's is. like the most. He's like the innocent one in the whole show. Well, he, well, here's the thing: in the comics, they implied a couple times that he was like actually slow, like he was actually like uh, yeah, mentally handicapped or whatever. He, here, they yeah. give him a little bit more faculties than that, but he is kind of sweet and childlike, isn't he? Yeah, well, like, all he wants to do is like help his girlfriend Betsy and like protect her and everything. 
Yeah, it wants to tinker and whatnot. Yeah, it just wants to be like left alone and not bothered by like Kingpin or mm-hmm. Daredevil or anything. And uh, and again too in the comics, uh, Melvin Potter was a villain called the Gladiator, and in season one you saw the symbol that was on his armor in the background. And without spoiling too much, just you know saying you know maybe maybe some stuff happens in this season too where you're <laughs> like ooh. Yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, it might be a little bit of foreshadowing going. And also, when he's talking to him, what's he playing with? Saw blades. What was Gladiator's weapon of choice in the comics? Saw blades. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice touch for sure. Uh, uh, I don't know what else we can really touch on without spoiling it, because uh, because uh, like I said, I'm only five episodes in, and you've seen the whole thing, and you, you're, you're trying to watch yourself. No, <laughs> well. This season is a lot more brutal than the first one. Do you think I, I think it's about as brutal? Well, then again, you get Punisher shooting the crap out of everyone, and that's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know whether he... Whether, well, I can't remember what episode it was, but suddenly, like, him and the Irish have a bit of a standoff, and that gets really, really brutal. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, he does shotgun a dude's face off. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty rough, shotgunning people's faces off. And uh, you know it's funny too the uh, the Irish mobsters in this show when uh, when they're kind of holding court at the beginning all I could think to myself was like man you know what what wonderfully unstereotypical Irish mobsters they are they talk normal until you look at their table did you see what they were eating on the table potatoes potatoes and also corned beef corned beef cabbage and potatoes was what the <laughs> Irish mobsters were eating well they drank their whiskey and I'm just like Jesus Christ <laughs> it's like on one hand they're totally not stereotypes, and then on the other hand they're really stereotypes. <laughs> but it's like, hey, you know, it's it's comfort food, man. They they wanted to be comfortable when they were holding their meeting. It's like it's the Irish equivalent of mac and cheese. <laughs> it's corned beef and potatoes. <laughs> uh... That uh, that was good. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting stuff with the gangs this season. There's the Dogs of Hell, who uh, someone pointed out to me, they were actually in an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. They were the biker gang that uh, Lorelai takes over. Yep, uh, yeah, it, pretty cool that they're sort of doing those little hints and everything. There's even more hints to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well in, I think, some of the later episodes. Uh, like, you see uh, news clippings on, like, the wall of uh, Ben Urich's, well, like, where those. he used to work. I saw that. And it's, like, it's about cybertech and everything, and Star that's pretty Towers. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a nice touch. I like that. I mean, I guess we'll never know what the actual working relationship is between the Netflix people, the TV people, and the movie people. And from what we understand, maybe it's not everything we thought it was. Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, it's like I wonder how much is true and how much is people just trying to spin it to make a more compelling story. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all on the internet. It's all clickbaity. It's true. Where it's like, you know, will they never work together? Do they hate each other? You know, it's like, well, if they hated each other, they wouldn't be putting references to the movies and everything. And... Yeah, I mean, like, I chopped it up to just they work, like, TV and movie people just work on wildly different schedules is what I always chopped it up to. Yeah, and it, it's true they do. Like, whereas a movie shoots for, like, nine, ten months, a TV show can shoot for, like, three, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Chris Hemsworth and friggin' Robert Downey Jr., maybe they're busy. Maybe they can't come down on their lunch break to go film in the real Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Isn't it funny, too, that there's a whole big plot in this show about, like, a New York gang war, and it so totally is modern-day New York, because not once do they mention the Italian Mafia. 
<laughs> but yeah, I found that really interesting. Like, where's the Italian mafia? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's 2016. <laughs> we got, <laughs> they don't exist anymore. <laughs> we got Irish, we got bikers, we got cartels in Yakuza, but we have no Italians. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine poor Big Vinny watching the show at home being like, oh man, that's sad. Yeah. Where are we? <laughs> Where is our representation? You know, where's our stereotypical representation? <laughs> I used to own that meatpacking factory. Yeah, really. I, I kept waiting for a reference where I'm like, come on, man, Freddy's. Come on, you know, uh, Hammerhead. Come on, the Magia. Come on, on references. Well, the men Freddy's, I think, are going to just be uh, West Coast. Yeah, like that's California right. and everything. Because so. they set them up in Agent Carter. Yeah. Which is, which is so cool that that happened. I'm like, hey, it's a man, Freddy. I don't, I don't know how he's related to Silvio, man, Freddy, but he's probably related somehow. Maybe in, maybe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all the Italians are out in L.A. and everything. Yeah, really. Yeah. Or, uh, or even Silvermane. That'd be a fun reference. Silvermane, so you could maybe do yeah. Silver Sable. It's a, Silver Sable seems like the sort of character that she'd be primed for a Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, true. Also, uh, another thing, and I don't think this is spoiling too much, uh, the whole murder of Frank Castle's family, they kind of turn into a mystery plot, which is interesting, and a conspiracy and a cover-up and everything. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, as the story sort of unfolds and everything, it's really cool. And I think you're, you're, you've finished the episode where uh, Karen goes to his house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, I love that, like, the house is just, like, still as he left it, and it's sort of like a mausoleum it's to his frozen family. It's time, yeah, which is what happens yeah. with real tragedy. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but Bernthal nails the messed up war vet thing, which is really what oh, you God, need yeah. when you do Frank Castle. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, of course, they've updated his uh, resume, and he's he fought in the Afghanistan war, Iraq and Afghanistan is where yeah. he fought. Now, but they keep the fact that, that that he lied about his age and enlisted when he was too young to enlist. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And did multiple tours. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Oh, and, yeah. and, he, and he lives in a van, too. Yeah, I, I like that. I thought that was really He's cool. got a van, which is totally the battle van, but they don't call it the battle van. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it gets blown up, so... Yeah. Hey, it battled. It battled until the very end. Yeah. And, and Clancy Brown is his CO. Ah, see, I haven't gotten there yet, but I, you know, I, I oh. saw you tweet about it. You went, oh, Clancy Brown. And I'm just like, I like Clancy Brown, so I'll be happy to see him when he's in this show. He's been getting around and playing all those, like, military C COs and everything. He, he was had. in Flash as one. And... Yeah, he's freaking General yeah. Eiling in that show, and he's in this show as a military guy, and he's the Krugan, and he's the uh, cartoon Lex Luthor. Yeah, it's amazing. Cla what we're saying is Clancy Brown is a god amongst men. <laughs> he is. And I never watched much SpongeBob, but then it's like, oh yeah, and he's Mr. Krabs. Holy shit. <laughs> what, what range this one man has. Uh, it's his voice, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a talented, talented dude. Hey, can we get Clancy Brown on this show? Clancy Brown would never be on this show. <laughs> like, fuck you. Hell, I, I listen to Clancy Brown on Rob Paulson's Talking Tunes podcast, which is like the biggest voice actor podcast. You know, Paul, uh, or, you know, Rob Paulson, he's the voice of Pinky on Pinky in the Brain and like a million other things. Yep. He, uh, he got Clancy to be on it. Clancy sounded drunk and uninterested for most of it, which made me <laughs> like it even more. Uh, that's amazing. He just broke off and started doing Mr. Krabs. It was like, ah, you, you know me, blah, 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 blah. And, like, Rob would be trying to ask him questions, and he just wouldn't listen. And I'm like, yep, that's the Clancy we know and love. 
he's too spaced out on PCP. Just just drunk and high and uninterested for two hours. <laughs> what are we are we doing a show? Just just give me the script. Just put the script in my hand and I'll read it and I'll turn out gold. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do conversations. I'm an actor's actor. That's how they do the SpongeBob show. They they like don't take him to a recording booth or anything. They just like go out with him <laughs> and just like just record whatever it says and then write the episode <laughs> and and Mr. Krabs dialogue around that. They just write it around what he says. <laughs> oh, now it's, it's funny. Like, oh, we had to delete the racial tirade he went yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> really, because he's an old man. You see. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I didn't get a chance to see it because I'm not there yet, but apparently, you know, everyone was losing their minds that in this show, there's also apparently like a Luke Cage stinger too. Yes and no. I think they, they're referencing the teaser that got released as well. Nice. I didn't see I think it must have been at like the end of like the last episode or something. I, I, I didn't get to watch the teaser for a couple reasons. One, you have to watch it through Netflix, so I couldn't catch it online. And two, I was busy watching the show, so I couldn't watch the teaser. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. It's just it's like a quick little teaser, and they use like hip hop music and everything. Nice. So it sort of sets itself away, and it, it it's really cool because it doesn't look as dark as like Jessica Jones and Daredevil are. So I'm thinking maybe they're going to play Luke Cage and Iron Fist a little bit more upbeat. As they should, they should be the upbeat members of the team. And Luke is a fun guy. He's a fun dude to be around, as we saw in Jessica yeah. Jones. He was like the the ray of sunlight he's a dude who unironically says sweet christmas yeah yeah that's good that's gonna be an awesome show it comes out in september mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is can't the, wait for that i i love and i know i've mentioned it before that the first images we see of the luke cage show is him in a hoodie fighting a bunch of corrupt police <laughs> <laughs> hey new york police this is one black man you can't shoot <laughs> J- justice motherfucker <laughs> yeah, I, I like you mentioned the music thing too. You know, the music in Daredevil really good and also really different from the stuff in Jessica Jones. That stuff was very like synth, eighties neo noir. This stuff is like very like you know uh, orchestral. Yeah, and it sort of also like fits in with the characters as well. Whereas like Matt's sort of like like with his stuff, they had sort of choiry sort of stuff as you should. That fits in with his like Catholic upbringing and everything. Absolutely. There's a great scene there where he's on the rooftop and he's talking with Daredevil and he actually does the Catholic cross before talking with Daredevil and uh, talking with Punisher and sort of agreeing with him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. The, the whole show is cool is what we're trying to try to break <laughs> down there. Now, again, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but I mean, after after like five and a half episodes, like I'm I'm so in, you know. Oh, it it gets better and better with each episode, especially like episodes like six through nine. There's like some pretty cool characters that come back. I, I know they've already dropped some references here and there. I mean, this this definitely seems to be the one that's kind of like making all the heroes aware of each other. Like, I won't spoil where and when, but uh, Foggy gets made aware of Jessica Jones and other such people with powers. Yeah, I thought that was really cool there. Yeah, sort of branching out a little bit more now and so they should because everything's coming into like the defenders now and everything yeah yeah we, we, we meet a kind of a secondary villain this season who is a bit of a corrupt uh a corrupt politician who is more or less running on an anti-superhuman anti-vigilante thing yeah like when when she she appeared i'm like the minute she appeared i'm like i hope punisher guns this bitch down <laughs> oh she's she, she's so cruel she's so mean it's just like yeah yeah 
Uh, and, and Foggy just owns her as well. She does. Foggy. That that's one of the scenes where you gotta respect Foggy. Foggy. Foggy loses uses his Lego no jutsu and he wins. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. I mean, is is that everything we can say about this so far without spoiling everything? We've talked for a bit. I think so. I think we can't really say anything more without spoiling anything. D- don't worry. We'll be back to talk about this more, and I'm sure in the extending months we'll be able to come back to this to this well quite a bit. That's that's what's great about these Marvel Netflix shows is that, you know, they're the gifts that keep on giving. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they absolutely are. So I guess with that, everyone, I will wind down this uh, special .5 episode, our special Sorry We Fucked Up Before episode. <laughs> Uh, we hope you liked this. You hope uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Again, be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, do all that other social media jazz. Uh, thank you for everyone who's gone to my Facebook page already and said, "Hey, Joel, here's here's a better type of recording software, so you don't fuck up again." <laughs> I I appreciate all those messages. Uh, we actually got a really nice uh, one there from one of our British fans on uh, on my Facebook page saying, "Thank you for the comic multiverse. It uh, really helps me get through some hard times here and there. I uh, I appreciate that a lot. I know that means a lot to me and Matt." Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's always awesome. That's always cool. And, uh, you know, m- moving forward, I, of course, want to grow the comic multiverse. Uh, I, it's consistently one of the most popular things I put out on the channel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I guess I can thank publicly, too. I'm probably going to make another video. I wanted to do a stream on this, but streaming is difficult, as I found out. Uh, I, I hit over 4,000 this week. Oh, nice. So thank nice. you all for making that possible. Uh, you know, you, you fans of Comic Multiverse, you're some of the truest Cape Joel and Matt Fortress of Solitude fans out there. Uh, that Me and Matt, of course, we've been on solo acts now for a couple months, and uh, we've seen a lot of great uh, fan outpouring, and that means a lot to Matt and me. And uh, we're going to try and continue to bring you quality stuff. Yeah, it's going to expect a lot of new videos from me over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess I can say it here, too, because I was going to say this in the video, but I'll, I'll reiterate it. Uh, because of you guys, I actually turned a profit this month on uh, on Cape Joel. Not a lot, but enough that I'll be able to have a chunk of change. I'm going to break Matt off a little something, too. I'm going to say that publicly here and now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can refer to it later. So Because uh, Matt, for being loyal co-host and joining me every Monday to do our show and every Saturday when we fuck up. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, with that, everyone, I'll bring this show to an end. As always, thank you for watching and listening and uh, subscribing and doing all that other good stuff. Uh, Any parting thoughts, Matt, before we end this? Uh, Yeah, come subscribe to me over at Fortress of Solitude. My Batman vs. Superman review is going up at the end of the week. Oh, yes, Uh, you're going to be able to see that way before me, aren't you? I I think so. I I think now I'm actually seeing it a couple of hours before you, but, you know, same sort of thing. The, the, fa- the fact is, you get it first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's a good or bad thing. Yeah, I mean, well, shit, I guess we'll see. You know, it's it, it's funny, you know, pe- people talking about this movie. I know we were joking on Twitter there. There were certain fans who were like, is there a smear campaign against Batman v Superman? <laughs> no, it's a movie. Calm down. <laughs> Uh, you know what doesn't make your movie look good when your fans attack Mark Wade on Twitter? You know, the man who wrote oh, Kingdom Come, the man who wrote Birthright. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to get into that in my review. <laughs> no, no, I won't get into it either, but for those of you who are interested, go go look at Mark Wade's Twitter page for the last couple days. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a little amazing. Uh, it's it's pretty epic. So uh, with that, everyone, again, thank you. Man, man, this is just the show that will not end. I keep trying to bring it down, but it doesn't <laughs> happen. Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, will see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya.